This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here. I am hosting this program for you. We're into the second hour of sex for you. Hopefully, uh, we hopefully it is two hours of sex for you tonight. <laughs> Call me if this show has that effect on you. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I hear from a lot of couples that tell me that they listen together, which is uh, which is really nice. And uh, I'm here with uh, Matt, my sidekick. So thanks for staying over to the second hour, Matt. Oh, of course, appreciate it. Uh, what are we going to talk about in this hour? We're going to talk. We're going to be talking about hormone fears uh, with all of this hot weather, which apparently is decreasing, and that's one of the treatments for hot flashes and night sweats. Cool off, go to a cooler place. Um, uh, but also hormones may be the answer for a lot of women, but so many women have so many fears about them. We are also going to be talking about your sexual debut. When was your sexual debut? If you want to tell me, you can give me a call 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Some of these numbers might surprise you about sexual debut. Also going to be reading some of your emails um, which I love getting. So feel free to email me. Go to my website, which is where people seem to be emailing me mostly these days, back to the bedroom.ca. Uh, so I have lots of uh, those emails have prompted a lot of, uh, of the discussions on the show. And also I'm going to be sharing with you guys because the most common complaint I hear from you guys, whether it's in my clinical practice, on Skype, or wherever, is... My wife doesn't, my wife doesn't, um, uh, well, she doesn't really, uh, um, this is how they talk to me. <laughs> they can't even actually get it out, never mind get it up. Anyway, so, so they can't even speak in a sexual way, I mean, you know, in a way that describes what their problem is. And they're just like, well, you know, my wife, she like, um, well, um, you know, like I would feel like I would rather, you know, um, you know, so it just, uh, it seems to be like mismatch. You know, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, it's not like I want anything, you know, I'm not, I'm not outrageous or anything. I, I just want like, you know, to have a bit more, um, you know, and it's like, yes, you want to have more sex. Right? It just goes to show you how hard it is to talk about it because um, I was never taught how to talk about it either. I mean, I remember well, my mom read me a book about where babies <laughs> came from. Where babies and spandex came from? <laughs> <laughs> babies don't come from spandex. Well, they might actually. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, no, it's, a, it's an uncomfortable subject for me. It's like shampoo. You know, it's just my work. It's the field that I'm in. And, you know, I don't... and. It's anatomy and physiology. It's part of life. We're all here because of it. I mean, to me, it's just normal health talk, really. And there are so many issues. Like erectile dysfunction is the canary in the coal mine for heart disease. And a lot of people don't realize that. And they just suffer along with their erectile dysfunction. And their relationship becomes dysfunctional. And they don't realize that there are other parts of their body that could get better. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about that. That has something to do with guys getting more, you know what, in the bedroom with their wives. And some of these guys are like, you know, well, my wife only really liked vanilla sex anyway. <laughs> she wasn't really like the most, um, you know, outrageous uh, woman that, uh, you know, 
<laughs> there was. Um, but anyway, and you always blame the women. Well, it's time to take a look at yourselves, guys. So I'm going to be talking about that a little bit. And I am going to write a follow-up blog about that, too. So that I'll watch for my blog tomorrow at Fifty Shades of Pink. But I, I typically post that wide and far, far and wide. <laughs> anyway, but we're going to be talking about the women getting ripped off about estrogen. I hear this from so many women. They literally present to my clinical practice and they, they're talking about the most common symptom of menopause that doesn't go away. And that is vaginal dryness, which leads to painful sex, which leads to low sexual desire, which leads to divorce. Quite honestly, it leads to divorce quite a lot of times. And women will present and they'll be like, well, you know, I got divorced because I'll say, how long has it been since you hadn't had sex with your husband? And they'll say, or ex-husband now, five years. And it was because of vaginal dryness. But they'll say, I don't want estrogen. They don't even know what they're talking about when they say that. And it's all, and I'll say, why do you want estrogen? Because it's bad. They don't even understand that the estrogen for the vagina is low-dose localized estrogen therapy, and it does not cross over into the systemic blood system. And there's not an increased risk of breast cancer. But some women who have had a history of breast cancer are not comfortable taking estrogen, and I understand that. I'm never going to talk anybody into doing anything they don't want to do. I am not that type. I'm persuasive, but I won't do it because I feel that everybody needs to make their own decision. Not to say I can't talk a dog off a meat wagon. I certainly can, but I'm not going to because I want you to be empowered, you to be informed, and you to make your own decision. So if you don't want to use low-dose localized estrogen therapy for your vagina, it's fine. There are other options. There's personal moisturizer. The one and only that I recommend is Gynotroph. It is a not only a, just a por- personal moisturizer, it's a lubricant as well. And it's hormone-free, and it comes with a plunger. So it gets inserted into the vagina. Don't ever get anything that you're supposed to put on your hands and rub on your vulva, because it's not going to get up into your vagina. And the vagina is on the inside, a little anatomy lesson here, and the vulva is on the outside. But a lot of people refer to uh, the wrong... Um, Incorrect body parts. I saw somebody called themselves, and this person's in the field, and she called herself a vagina coach. There's no, you know, a, I call myself the vagina whisperer. <laughs> but anyway, that's more realistic because I, I'm actually treating vaginas uh, that, are, that have uh, lost the estrogen. But there, this other person is in pelvic floor. And so it's actually, it should be called the vulva coach, not the vagina coach. But a lot of women call their vulva the vagina. Anyway, I'm here to tell you that the vagina is on the inside and the vulva is on the outside. I digress. Uh, The other treatment for, um, if you don't want to be putting personal moisturizers inside your vagina, ladies, you don't have to. Enter the Mona Lisa Touch. It is a new novel laser therapy. It is fantastic. We brought it into my clinical practice. Uh, It's three five-minute treatments over... I think it's every four to six, it's every six weeks, sorry. So three uh, treatments over 18 weeks. And uh, I'm told that women are reporting, uh, well, women are reporting back to us saying that their former 53-year-old vagina is now a 23-year-old vagina. Uh, So it'll get you back to 
the wonders of yesteryear. Uh, and that makes everything better. It actually helps with arousal, lubrication, and your experience of orgasm. Because if you actually have decreased estrogen receptors and vaginal dryness, it's going to take you that much longer to experience orgasm. And that's frustrating for a lot of women and their partners as well. Because they don't know what to do about that either. But anyhow, if the show were on later, I'd tell you. <laughs> I'd be a little bit more detailed. But anyway, um, so that's the vaginal estrogen. Now, there's another estrogen, which is the systemic estrogen, uh, that a lot of women have been losing out because they are afraid of hormone therapy. And the reason for this is because in 2002, the U.S. National Institutes of Health prematurely ended a massive study that involved thousands of women when it discovered uh, hormone replacement therapy failed to protect against heart disease and increase the risk of heart disease as well as blood clots, strokes, and breast cancer. This finding seemingly turned the world upside down. And might I add that uh, it also had a rebound effect on women's vaginas because so many women were... Uh, their their hormone therapy was terminated immediately. And so women were not considering hormone replacement therapy. We call it hormone therapy today for um, symptom management. And that is what hormone therapy is for. It's for symptom management. And some of the symptoms, you may not know about this one, but foot pain, leg pain, night sweats, of course, hot flashes, anxiety, depression, insomnia, mood issues. Uh, So it can really affect uh, a woman's life and actually change her dramatically, change her personality and the way she feels. So this study was a flawed study. They entered older women into this study. The average age of the subjects was 63, and which was 12 years past the average age of menopause, which is around 51. So, um, There was lots that was flawed about this study. You do not need to be afraid. The bottom line is the Society of Obstetricians and Gynecologists of Canada met in Ottawa at their convention this week. And um, they said, you know, we've, of course, over the years, all of this data set has been reviewed several times. And there have been other studies as well that have enrolled younger women. And the findings are um, much more realistic, much more appropriate. And in fact, for young women, the heart benefits of hormone therapy are very real, and the risk of breast cancer is a very small number. So we really need to look at the studies, look at, uh, you know, if they're flawed, if they're good quality, um, and um, really know exactly what it is uh, that that we're understanding and look deeper into these studies. And certainly this particular study, uh, needed to um, have a review. I, I recall even hearing the principal investigator saying that the study was flawed. So um, now, hormone therapy is not for the prevention of chronic disease. It's not for your wrinkles. It's not for make. It's not the fountain of youth. It is for short-term management of menopausal symptoms for younger women, women under the age of of sixty. But not everybody is in full agreement with that. But this is a conversation you need to have with your doctor. If you are suffering, there's no reason to suffer. Uh, there is a better quality of life for you out there. It can be a, a low dose and a short term and certainly bioidentical, which is the prescription form. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. 
Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. We're talking lots of different subjects tonight, and I want to take a call from Jazz, who's on the line right now. Hello, Jazz. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Maureen? I'm fine, thank you. What can I do for you? Yeah, um, I just have a question. I'm transgender. I've been on estrogen for over a year, and uh, I'm just worried. I'm wondering if I should be worried about uh, breast cancer or any sort of side effects or and long term use is that is that okay? Uh, you know that's a that is a question you need to speak to your doctor about because I'm not sure about dosages or um, but you're taking the estrogen to change the secondary sexual characteristics that um, uh, to help you live a, a life that's a little bit more congruous with how you feel about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so are you just taking estrogen? Yeah. Okay. Um, and so this is predominantly used to, to treat uh, transgender women, so those who go from male to female. Um, and so it, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I'd have to look into the research and see. Um, and to be honest, more honest, I'm not sure so much research has been done, quite frankly, because the numbers would be quite small. And we've we've only started doing sexual health research on women in the last 15 years. We've only been included in research for, <laughs> for a very brief time, Jazz. Um, but that's certainly something you want to talk to your doctor about. As you know, the hormone replacement therapy can't undo the effects of your first puberty, uh, but it, what it will do is uh, develop secondary sex characteristics uh, for you. So that will help help you to relieve some or, some of the distress or discomfort that you had uh, living as a male. Okay, do you, like, do you think I should be concerned from here? You know, you've been on it for a year? Yeah. Uh, probably not. I think that, um, but you, you need to be followed by your doctor and you need to ask your doctor those questions. Um, and but, but it's not, estrogen is not the worry that it was demonstrated to be in that very flawed study, the um, Women's Health Initiative study that was stopped in 2002. So the dangers uh, for women are not nearly uh, what they were thought to be. Uh, and in fact, it can be protective in some women. So there can be cardio protection for some younger women. May I ask how old you are, Jazz? Uh, 52. 52. So you're considered one of the younger women, and that's under the age of 60. So I would, you know, venture to guess that your risk would be the same, but uh, there may be other uh, extenuating circumstances or factors or your health history. Um, but but I am, if your doctor has put you on the estrogen, um, I'm certain that they are well aware of the risk, and and that's something that's a that's an important conversation you need to have with your doctor to discuss the benefit versus risk ratio. Right on, Maureen. Thanks very much for your uh, for your advice. Oh, you're very welcome. Take much care. Appreciate, much appreciated. My pleasure. Uh, so yeah, we were talking lots about hormone therapy tonight. I did want to um, read you a little email that I received and uh, my recommendation to my friend. <laughs> He's not my friend. I don't know him. But anyway, I got an email from him and this is a very common uh letter that I get. Hi, Maureen. I stumbled across your TED Talk and found that it expressed much of what I've been feeling for some time. I sent it to my wife and she didn't respond, though I know she watched it. I sent her a letter 
afterward, letting her know how I feel. When we talked after that, she seemed to regard sex as some sort of punishment rather than a normal marital activity which could bring us closer. The thought of ending my marriage is scary, but I don't want to go on another 30 years like this. Any suggestions? I certainly do have some suggestions. <laughs> um, and you know what? A couple of things, though, stand out in this particular email that the communication is really lacking here. Uh, also, uh, this is this note is from Steve, by the way. And Steve uh, is assuming something. So Steve is mind reading. He's assuming that his wife views sex as a punishment. Um, and and that may not necessarily, that's actually the first time I've heard that, that a woman, I've heard women say that they felt it was a chore and they'd rather mop the floor, but certainly not a punishment. Um, and he's viewing it as a normal marital activity, which could bring us closer. Uh, certainly it can create intimacy and a bond like none other. Um, but, and then he goes to that uh, dramatic uh, end that all or nothing that the only thing I can do between not having sex and uh, is ending my marriage and he's scared to do that so you know there's a few things in there that um, spoke to me and I'm going to speak to you when I return from the news I'm Maureen McGrath you're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. We are heading into the final strokes of this sex show. I'm here with my sidekick, Matt, tonight. And uh, as I am every Sunday night, great job tonight, Matt, as usual. If you want to give Matt a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. He is a self-professed hot guy. (laughs) Earlier on in the program, he mentioned that. If you missed that... Um, but anyway, right now I'm dealing with your emails. Uh, this was an email that went to a Skype call that uh, uh, went to some recommendations. And so if you weren't with me prior to the break, uh, I, read his, I read Steve's email. And it was, I stumbled across your TED Talk and found it expresses much of what I've been feeling for some time now. I sent it to my wife and she didn't respond, although I know she watched it. I sent her a letter afterward letting her know how I feel. When we talked after that, she seemed to regard sex as some sort of punishment rather than a normal marital activity which could bring us closer. The thought of ending my marriage is scary, but I don't want to go on another 30 years like this. Any suggestions? Thanks, Steve. I love how he goes from zero to ending the marriage, right? Um, And also the sex is some sort of punishment. (laughs) This is a sex show. Is this some sort of a punishment show? (laughs) Anyway, it's supposed to be pleasurable. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy it. But you know what? I was, I, this reminded me of something last week. I said, like, I'm always the cheerleader for better relationships and better sex. And, you know, keep going, stay at it. Yes, go. Yes, yes, yes. And then I thought, you know what? Sometimes good enough is good enough. You know, and sometimes I just wanted to make that point that in life, it doesn't always have to be. You know, sometimes a quickie is just fine. Sometimes vanilla sex is fine. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, hurry up, get it over with. Let's, you know, I'm tired, whatever. And that's okay, right? As long as it's interspersed with some other more fun times or more exciting or daring times uh, that you might experience. Uh, So that's, you know, just make it a little bit fun and exciting intermittently is, is okay, right? 
So sometimes good enough is good enough, but sometimes when it's a punishment, that's not good at all. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. There was something else I wanted to say, and I lost my train of thought, um, but it'll come back to me, I'm sure. So I went on to have a Skype conversation with Steve. And uh, so Steve said, Steve was a lawyer, and, he's, and he says, I've never cheated. I'm like, oh, come on, you're a lawyer, for crying out loud. <laughs> anyway, he... Um, uh, he's like, no, no, I haven't really. I'm like, well, what kind of a lawyer are you then? No, I'm just kidding. But did you see the, um, there was a, uh, and I don't remember who's put it out now, uh, the most trustworthy professions and nurses were at the top. Nurses were on top and lawyers were on the bottom. Anyway, and there were about 14 in between. But it was nurses, doctors, and scientists were the top three. That was the best threesome there. Anyway, I digress. Uh, so... When I met Steve via Skype, I, I could tell he lacked confidence. And, you know, he, he could barely talk about sex. He could barely say what he wanted to say. He could barely say what the problem with uh, sex was. Now I remember what I was going to say before, so I just want to go back to that. So sometimes if when I was saying, like, sex can be boring sometimes, there can be quickies, it can be good enough, but it can be interspersed with fun. Um, but if there are, are also problems with uh, the function, your sexual function, so your female sexual response cycle or your male sexual response cycle, so you, you want to deal with that as well. And so sometimes that boredom or not having sex can be related to that. So I, I just wanted to say that. Anyway, back to Steve, the lawyer who never cheated. Um, anyway, he, I could tell he wasn't that self-confident in terms of talking about this. And, but then he kept referring back to his, he was a prosecutor and, you know, he was really good at it and he made a lot of money. He was from the U S and, um, and so that doesn't really necessarily tie to, you know, sexual self-esteem or being, you know, attractive to, uh, to women, you know, it's sort of, it's not, it's not what it uh, takes, you know, but he, he just didn't seem to understand what it took. And, and so I think his wife kind of perceived him as, you know, kind of that, that nice guy that maybe a bit boring, maybe had gained a bit of weight. Here comes the answer. Um, I hear from so many women that they are not, uh, attracted, uh, to their husbands who have a paunch. Okay. So a paunch is that little belly that men get as they age. And I hear that repeatedly. And, and so I asked Steve, I could see that he was a little bit overweight. Uh, the, he was sitting in his car <laughs> while he had the Skype consult, but I could see he was a big guy. And, uh, so he said, you know, he could lose 10 pounds. And I said, well, you know, if you tell me your height and weight, I'll probably, I'll apply my formula to it and you'll probably need to lose a little bit more than that. And, uh, he said, okay. So I said, you know, instead of blaming your wife or, you know, uh, putting all of the focus on her. Why don't you take a look at yourself? Why don't you actually take care of yourself? Why don't you get into yourself? One thing that will increase sexual desire in a woman is when someone else wants her man. And what is going to make someone else want her man when her man looks good? And so he may not cheat. He's already said he's not going to cheat. Um, but so he could focus on himself getting in shape changing his diet. He drank alcohol every day, um, which has a, a higher, you know, medium glycemic index. So there's a bit of sugar in alcohol, but he, you know, he just had a couple of cocktails after work every single day. So he probably had a little stress issue going on. Of course, what prosecutor in the U S wouldn't, um, have, have that. 
he was at a time where he kind of made a lot of money. He'd made his money. He wanted to kind of cut back a little bit on work. He wanted to rekindle the intimacy in his relationship, and his wife wasn't interested in him, is what I, I'm going to suggest and what I suggested to him. So it was time to, instead of you know, forcing her or blaming her or putting the onus on her, take it back to himself. Really get into getting in shape. And um, so you have to start with, you know, your weight. So he said, you know, yeah, his doctor said he should lose about 10 pounds. So I said, how tall are you? He was 6'2", and he weighed 240 pounds. And I knew right away that that was too much, that he weighed too much. And so he needed to get that down under 200 pounds. And so I suggested, and, and, you know, when I emailed him, I said, you know, don't let this overwhelm you, but you need to get down to 185, 190, you know, lean pounds. Like you, you really need to trim down. And, and that's going to build confidence. You're going to feel better about your body. I suggested he work out, you know, he was 50, how old was he? Anyway, in his fifties, maybe 55. No, no, no. He was, he was a little bit older than that. He was like 57, 58. And his wife was a little bit older than he was, but he, um, likely has naturally decreasing testosterone. So the way to naturally increase testosterone is through exercise. So I also suggested for mood and for stress that he start walking, that he go to the gym to increase naturally increase his testosterone levels, which are likely low. I, I asked for his weight, which he gave me. He told me it was 240 pounds. I asked for his abdominal girth, which I haven't received yet. Um, but uh, and the reason I wanted him to have some baseline measurements is to uh, so that he could see the change. His son was actually getting married in about a month's time. And so I said, that's about the time that, you know, if you stick to this program, you will start to lose. You know, men lose weight so much faster than women. I'm not sure why that is. It's just, again, life is not fair for women. Um, uh, so anyway, um, but after about a month, he's going to start to really feel good. He's going to sleep better. I also suggested he cut out the alcohol in which he said he'd have no problem doing that and alter his, and I wanted him to do a food diary as well. I haven't actually received that because I just actually spoke to him this week, but he was just, you know, he was the culmination of a number of men who came to see me who were out of shape who kind of were, you know, kind of on the negative side. They were, you know, a bit of Debbie Downer types. They were, um, you know, they didn't really exercise. They didn't really have a zest for life. They they weren't really, their sexual self-esteem was low. And I think that, you know, at any age when men are exercising and they are um, working out and they're eating healthily, and so I sent him a diet uh, and I don't even like to call the term diet, but I call it uh, a lifestyle, which I don't like to use lifestyle either because that denotes something else. But I mean, it's just a way of living. And and so one thing I said, he's going to have to pick up some Pam cooking spray um, and also cut out the alcohol, cut out the sugar and the processed foods. And he's to start on a low glycemic vegetable, plant-based diet, basically. But so low glycemic vegetables, low glycemic fruits, and limit the fruits to, to berries, which will be good, beans, lean meats, poultry, fish. So it's basically a high-protein, low-carb, low-glycemic index lifestyle. Weigh himself every day and also measure his abdominal girth every day. And I gave him some ideas for meals, like um, my famous, if it's famous yet, um, <laughs> egg white, three vegetable egg white omelet, um, which will fill you up and help you to last through to your snack, which is plain yogurt and berries or blueberries or raspberries. Um, 
And then lunchtime salad with very little, hardly any dressing or zero calorie dressing, protein, some chicken breast, some steamed fish, some vegetables, again, low glycemic index. Um, you can add chopped tomatoes. You can have ground tofu. So there's lots of um, different things. Eating apples. There's one type of crackers that are low carb, which are Breton crackers, half an avocado, um, so really starting to, um, you know, alter this diet, eating, uh, you know, these beautifully rich colored uh, vegetables um, and filling up on those, filling up on beans, filling up on legumes as opposed to filling up on snacks and sweets and that kind of thing. So we'll see how he does. But that's a suggestion I have for you. Take a look at yourself. Are you somebody, are you the guy that she married? Are you the guy she was attracted to, fit? you know, buff in great shape, you know, if not, uh, it, and also this affects your power tool, quite frankly. Um, and <laughs> so your things will work better. And this guy had a bit of erectile dysfunction. He was prescribed Viagra by his doctor. So obviously, so he was in a bit of a mess between whether he should take it or not because the spontaneity was out. And he, why, anyway, so he, he liked this plan. And and I think he's going to be successful because I've used this plan for many other men as well who are having problems with erectile dysfunction and in their relationship. So it's time to take a look at yourself. Don't be feeling sorry for yourself. My wife doesn't want to have sex with me. Oh, my gosh. She just thinks it's a chore. Well, it's a chore to have sex with a bore who's out of shape. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. We are certainly in the final stroke of the program. I wanted to read this particular email because it is a uh, very important medical condition. And uh, dear Maureen, I've listened to your CKNW show and I have a few sexual issues that I would like to be improved. The first is that I have some pain when ejaculating. I am uncircumcised and there is pain around my retracted foreskin. That may or may not have anything to do with the problem, but uh, there are a number of causes of painful ejaculation, some of which may be inflammation of the testicles, the prostate, or the urethra, the tube where the semen passes through, and uh, urine. Sexually transmitted infections may also be the cause for painful ejaculations, in addition to nerve damage in the penis, chronic pain in the pelvis, blockages in the ejaculatory system, pelvic radiation, prostate cancer, and psychological issues. Uh, there's also some medications may cause uh, painful ejaculation, some antidepressants, some spermicides and contraceptive creams have been also linked to painful ejaculation. And sometimes the cause is unknown. So if you've, uh, another reason though is um, pelvic surgery, so a prostatectomy. So men who have experienced a prostatectomy may also experience painful orgasms as well. Uh, so there are a number of causes and there are a number of treatments, but as I always say, you can only treat it once you know the cause. So it might be medication. It might be obviously treating the sexually transmitted infection. Sometimes if there's nerve damage in the penis or the pelvic region, that will take a couple of years to resolve. And that will typically resolve over time. So, uh, it's something that you definitely need to go and speak to your doctor about, um, what is the most common uh, surgery, gynecological requested surgery for uh, women? Well, there's a certain cosmetic gynecology that is on the rise in Canada. So a lot of women 
don't feel too good about their lady bits. They feel that their labia is um, too large, that there's some there's nothing aesthetically pleasing about it, that it's hanging down. Um, and labiaplasty is um, one of the most common gynecological sur- cosmetic gynecological surgery, and we're seeing that more and more in Canada. Uh, and so some of the cosmetic surgeons, and I actually have a friend who's a cosmetic surgeon on the East Coast, and he says 90% of his patients um, phone or contact him about labiaplasty, uh, about changing the appearance of their labia, basically. And most of them, or all of them, if not all, come from the Internet. So his practice, he was a plastic surgeon, and his practice has changed entirely. Some of the critics say the desire to get the labia changed or altered or augmented is because of the unattainable standards that are set by the porn industry. Porn gets blamed for a lot. Um, But there is sort of this um, prepubescent Barbie doll look, and there in fact are a lot of styles that uh, women can choose from. So there's some to look perfectly smooth. There's sort of a conservative look, a, a racier look. But there has been a fourfold increase in this type of um, surgery. So, you know, it's um, it raises an, an eyebrow or two, I have to say, that uh, when people are dissatisfied with the appearance of their vulva, um, these surgeries have been around for a long time. But, you know, some women just want to feel tighter down there, and they don't realize that during perimenopause and menopause and after menopause, the uh, it can feel as though, uh, well, things have effectively dried up. I hate to use that term, but uh, because of the estrogen, estrogen is the hormone regulator of the vagina, and so it dries up and it doesn't feel as plump because it's not as plump because there's not a, adequate circulation. But the Mona Lisa Touch is a vaginal rejuvenation of sorts. It'll increase the blood flow, get you back to your teenage years, uh, have you feeling more lubricated, plumper, a little tighter. And so a lot of women are getting a lot of satisfaction. It's a much more conservative measure than uh, surgical procedure. And don't forget, with any surgical procedure, you can have infection and bleeding and nerve damage because there are so many nerves down there. And the recovery from labiaplasty is considerable because of the uh, extent of the nerves in that area. So uh, this isn't just a trend. It's been around for a long time. And um, more um, women are, you know, the, with the internet comes gives rise to these types of things. So Anyway, it looks like we are coming down to the last couple of minutes of the show. Uh, we're going to have to talk about sexual debut next week. What do you think, Matt? Get, yeah, definitely. Get prepared. <laughs> get prepared for that. I was I, all worried about mine when I was growing up, although I think most guys do. but I, I think people worry about it all the time. Uh, but I had an email from a 47-year-old virgin wondering if I thought that was uh, abnormal. I don't think anything's abnormal. Anyway, I don't like to say normal or abnormal. Anyway, Matt... Great job tonight, as usual. Thank you so much. Always great to have you here with me in the studio live every Sunday night. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, to all of you out there who listen tonight, thank you so much. I love having you, and I love coming in here to do this show. And uh, it's always my pleasure 
to be here with you. And uh, if you have any questions, you can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. Follow me on Twitter at back the number two the bedroom. I'm on LinkedIn, of course, and Instagram as well. And uh, remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I am Maureen McGrath. You've been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show. And until next week, have a sexually healthy week, everybody. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.